Give to Barrett. Cut back over the middle of the 25 to the 20. Breaks a tackle to the 15. Stop, starts 10 5. Touchdown, Lions. Holy mackerel. Throws end zone. It is caught. What a play back there in the back of the end zone by TJ Hawkinson. You're listening to the One Pride Cast. Welcome to another One Podcast. Team reporter Danny Rogers joining you here on this lovely Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all of those who celebrate. Of course, I have the one and only Michael Hara joining me today. DetroitLions.com. He's joined me every day on this podcast, actually, every Friday. That's when we film these. Mike, what is... Okay, I guess I was going to ask you your favorite holiday tradition, but let's just cut to the chase. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, yes or no? If Dan Campbell says it's a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas movie. With those shoulders that are 90 feet wide, mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with Dan Campbell. Okay? I agree. I agree. I'm afraid he might beat me up if I said no. <sighs> coach Campbell, Mike thinks, Mike agrees with you. I so fear please you. don't beat him up. I fear you, Coach. He also fears, <laughs> yes. He, he shakes a little bit when he's in that press room and, and Dan Campbell is talking. Hear that? That's, me. That's my teeth rattling. <laughs> You're iconic, Mike O'Hara. Um, would you be surprised if I just told you that I watched Christmas Vacation for the first time ever a couple nights ago? I, I was forced to, although I did enjoy it. No more than people who, I know I tell them, I've never seen The Wizard of Oz all the way through. Okay, okay even I think I've seen The Wizard I, of Oz. I didn't even know. I, I watched part of it last year, and I saw the ending. I had no idea. But what are they oh, doing? Wow. They're making all that noise behind the, you know, behind the towel or whatever it was. I know. I know. It's a very cheesy movie looking back. Very cheesy, but my dad loved it, so we grew up watching it. Okay, that is that is a so fun. So someday fact. we'll have to, I'll have to we'll see ha- the whole thing. We'll have to do a movie review of the original Wizard of Oz. Okay, we'll do it. Book it. Okay, uh, we've got a lot of things to get to as we are heading into Week 16. Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. Uh, this team has six wins on the season. None are at home, so the Lions are going to attempt to keep that streak alive. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I guess it doesn't. It, Winning a home game in London, I guess, doesn't qualify it does as not winning get, a home there, game. Okay, there have been no home That's games That's a neutral won. site game. Yes, it's for like playing in a tournament, right? Correct, yeah. yes. So they're in the NCAAs, and they're 1-0. And they're and yes, so their, their head coach, Arthur Smith, at the Falcons, acknowledged that they have not won at home on his conference call this week with well, us. Well, that's so. nice of him to acknowledge it since it's on his record. And when yep. you see that 0-5, what's he going to say? No, actually, somebody's lying about it. <laughs> they just right. gave it to us. You're right. Okay, so the line, the lines are they're trending on the upwards. Well, they, they were. Yeah, they are. They were until we got a little bit of, of you know, a practice report updates. Well, that's different. Yeah, but as a, yeah. as a team on the field, what's happened on the field in the last what six weeks would it be? Two wins, three losses, I would say, and a, and a and I would a say after that Browns game, so yeah. 12, 13, 14, 15, the last four games have really been on the upward trend. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they're playing pretty good ball, and I thought coming out of the bye against against the Pittsburgh Steelers, considering they were playing this week's starting quarterback, Tim, o, Tim O'Boyle, Tim Boyle. <laughs> he I want to call he, him he O'Boyle. doesn't have an O like you do, Mike O'Hara. Well, he's jealous, Yeah, and I'm not he giving him mine. <laughs> I know, now he wants to add it. In fact, I told him, Tim, go out and get your own O, okay? Seriously. And the apostrophe. Right? Seriously. We don't give these away. I know. Well, you're, you're mentioning Tim Boyle because Jared Goff, QB number one, tested positive for COVID Monday. He self-reported. You just washed your hands when you said that. or so, yeah. I, I have been Are putting hand sanitizer on constantly. No, negative test this morning. Thank you very much. Oh, good. Um, Glad to hear that. It's a, little, it's a little habit thing. Quarterback Jared Goff, it, it is highly unlikely, according to head coach Dan Campbell, that he will 
play Sunday. He yeah. did not clear COVID protocols for, as of Friday morning. So that means he either did not test negative or he is still symptomatic. Right. And then there's another one, of course, that they're missing too, it looks like. And that would be the cornerback. Amani Oruari. Yeah. yeah. I think a big uh, loss. I think it's a big loss because surgery is on the table. So it could be on the table. So The operating table. Yes, the operating table. So uh, these lines may have to tread forward without Amani Oruarie going forward. You know, they've looked, they've, they've gone forward without guys all year. You, know, mm-hmm. you name a position, you know, and there's three guys who've been missing. Well, not quarterback because there's only one. But, but Amani this is the has been time the only golf. one that stayed in. Yeah, so you know what, I, th- I, thought, I thought he might at least get a – I thought he might get some mention in the Pro Bowl. He didn't. But I'll tell you, Aaron really? Glenn, the defensive coordinator – Gave him what I thought even a higher compliment than making the Pro Bowl. And somebody asked him, what's the next step for him? He said, shut down cornerback. Shut down corner. I like that. And someone asked, well, what does that mean? Do you know said, what he said? Oh, yeah. What did he say? Well, he said part of it, you got to work. If you keep working, you can get there. And he also said there's just a few guys. It's an elite. It's really an elite, uh, an elite identification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is there more to it? What, did I miss something? I'm using my own words. Yeah, no. Someone specifically asked, okay, well, what is a shutdown corner? Yeah. And I believe AG, um, you, you don't throw to whoever that guy is covering. You just don't. You completely take that receiver out of the game. That's what a shutdown corner right. does. So yeah. that is big. Yes, it is. If you can do that, then you, then you can double anybody. But, then. It's, it's but really that means Imani's interceptions might go down. He has six on the season. If no one's actually throwing his way, although he's got eyes – like, he can track down the ball. But, you know, I'd like to see him still get more interceptions. You know, I think he really has the size, too, Danny, to mm-hmm. be a, a shutdown cornerback because he's, what, six one and a half, something like mm-hmm. that. Got long arms and he's got good yes. hands. And I didn't really realize how, you know, what what kind of ball skills he had till, I, till we saw him a lot this year. And he started making not just overthrow, you know, interceptions and all that, but really like the one he made last week mm-hmm. against uh, against uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals. That was Beautiful. a terrific catch for anybody. 50-yard really return. Wide receivers don't make that routinely. No. No. It was, it was, it was great to see. So the, uh, the roster hits are, are coming. I mean, Alex Anzalone, linebacker, yeah. green dot man. He is now out for the season on IR with a shoulder injury. Um, who am I? I mean, we, we've known TJ Hawkinson has been placed on IR, so we're continuing to go forward without him. DeAndre Swift may not be back Sunday either. Yeah, and I think when, when, when that happens, when you get down to the last two games, the last one game, do you activate them just to play two games, just to play one game? I don't know the answer to that. I would, I would activate them for two games. Yeah. I don't know about one game. I know. I, I mean, they could. DeAndre Swift could have gone on IR and come back this week already. Yeah. That's how long he's not seen any action, not since week 12. Um, and he saw very little action. That is when he was injured. So, yeah, that's taken a, a big hit, DeAndre Swift not being out there. However... You will see Jamal Williams out there. He was practicing. Um, looks like he's in shape. He mm-hmm. had he was on the COVID nineteen list, so obviously getting his feet back under him will be big. Um, so, yeah, it's just once you you think the lines are on the on the trend upwards, and then your quarterback one is out with COVID. Yeah, and then and like I said, we'll have Boyle back. And, and look, Craig Reynolds has played well. Mm-hmm. The two games he's played. When you think about that. First thing I think is, well, where's he been? You know, but they see him in practice, and they've got guys, you know, playing pretty well ahead of him. But boy, I'll tell you, we talk about a guy who got his chance and and really showed something and then something. That's, yes. He, it's not that he just didn't do it once; he backed it up the second time. Got more than 100 yards rushing against the Cardinals. Undrafted, Craig Reynolds yeah. out of Cutstown University. That's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. For those who yeah. do not know, I had not heard of Cutstown until Craig Reynolds. 
but yeah, he. This is actually his third year in the league. He saw. Um, he was on the Washington football team squad in 2019. That was so long ago that they were still the Redskins. Literally, that's how it is. Yes, yes. They were the Washington Redskins there then. And then Jacksonville Jaguars, he was brought up for two games. Looks like he got a little bit um, of action in that one. And then Detroit Lions, now two games, starts one game, has a combined 195 yards on the ground between two games. Literally, who does that as a fifth-string running back? Yeah, and one of those was a, was a long run, 37 yards or something like that. But still, you just take that out of there, and he's still averaging, you know, close to five yards per carry. So it's not like he's got a yards per carry that's 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 bloated by you know one long run or two long runs or something like it's that. It's consistent. He's been able to hit it in there and get yards for you and get tough yards too. And the thing I like about him is that you see him cut back, mm-hmm. you know, back against the grain and, and, yes. and add to it. And I think they've, they've really got something. Now, is he the next great running back? No, but he's the next guy who's going to, if he stays healthy, he's going to play a long time for you, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Craig Reynolds now third on the team in rushing yards behind Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Amon Ross St. Brown now taking over the leader spot in receiving yards. He has 601 on the season. That was previously held by tight end TJ Hawkinson, who we mentioned is on IR with a hand injury. So Amon Ross St. Brown, he is starting to get the, the big calls. His name is starting to get called in the big calls, which the, the touchdowns, two touchdowns this season. First one coming against Minnesota, the second one coming against the Arizona Cardinals, 90 yards last game. That was, a, that was really a slick play, too. I guess they mm-hmm. call that the sneak, uh, the, the, the sneak route mm-hmm. where he lines up right and then breaks across the formation, cuts right, right between two defenders. He has about a four or five-yard advantage on him. Perfect mm-hmm. throw by, by Jared Goff. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. And that came, what, like the last four or five seconds of the first half, gave him a 17 nothing lead. Just the play itself stood on its own, but then the timing of it, too, where Goff had been hit twice you know, on pass completions and added 15 yards for unnecessary roughness. I mean, look, they, they look like they were using him like for, as a blocking dummy mm-hmm. up there. Really did. I there. thought, I don't think those were accidental hits, at least one of them anyway. Looked a little, like he, I was, I'm out to get somebody, and he did. But he stood right in there. He took one playoff mm-hmm. and, and replaced by Boyle, who I guess we can say had a hand in the – because he handed off. He did a, one hand off, yes. yes. He did one hand off. Then he turned it over, got, got everything in order, got, yes. got the offense going, straightened everything out, and then Jared Goff came in and took the rest of it. But I, that was, I thought mm-hmm. it was a really good performance by Jared Goff. Probably, yeah. in my opinion, the best of the year. I, no, and I don't think – yeah, I think that's incredibly accurate. I mean – um, we thought we saw a lot of confidence in Minnesota, yep. and now against Arizona, it it was just it was one it was like a dagger after another. It you know, twenty one completions on twenty six attempts. First off, that's probably beauty like to Dan Campbell's ears. Well, that's more than eighty percent, you know. Yes, more eighty percent completion yeah. rate. Um, but you know, Dan Campbell doesn't want his quarterbacks to throw very much, so. So 26 attempts, um, he probably loves that. And how efficient Jared Goff was, he had 216 yards, averaged 8.3 yards a, a pass, um, three touchdowns. Um, did he win FedEx Air Player of the Week? Yes, he did, actually, yeah. for that performance. So it's his second NFL Honors Weekly Award of the season because he's just come on. So, yeah, it the offense does take a big hit with Jared Goff not being in there. Quarterback Tim Boyle will now see the field. And Tim Boyle got his first NFL start against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jared Goff was dealing with that oblique strain there in Week 11, taking a look at Tim Boyle's stats from the only game he has ever started in the NFL. 
He had uh, 15 completions on 23 attempts. 77 yards. Not not going to get it done. Uh, no, you don't puff out your chest when you leave the, <laughs> leave the arena no, on that you, one. No, you don't. And uh, no touchdowns, two interceptions. So, uh, granted, yes, it was Tim Boyle's first start in the NFL. Uh, yeah. He really he had, he had NFL preseason experience, but no regular season not experience. Really. No, not leading an offense no. like that. Yeah. No. Backed up Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, one of the things he learned from Aaron Rodgers, though, and he said that after his first start was the cadence. Cadence. You know, and and Rodgers is great at getting people off I was and, told that cadences in the NFL, I was told this literally last night, are not that important anymore. What are your thoughts? Say that again. What's not important? Cadences. They're not, they're not used as much. They're not as important. This is coming from someone in college football. Is this true or not? You know, I'm going to take a pass on that. I don't know. Okay. I, I, need, I need to know more. I, I, Aaron Rodgers is very good at cadence. Yeah. I know that. I, I think if, you, if, you've got like, if you've got like third and eight and you can get it down to third and three, that's important. I think it's super important. If you've got third and four and you can get it down to first and ten, I think that's important. Heck, yeah. So, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind right now. I think it's important. Yes, yeah, say it with conviction. Thank you. In fact, you. I think everything in, in pro football is important. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't think there's hardly anything that's not important. Yep. I agree. Except maybe the extra point when you're making it 49 to nothing. Oh, my gosh. Maybe then it's, eh, you know. Yeah, is that necessary? But you never know. Those 48-point rallies <laughs> kill I you know. every time. I know. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to see Tim Boyle. Dan Campbell expecting him to go in there, function in the offense. He always wants his backups to give this chan- this football team a chance to win, and they want to find a rhythm for him. And that's exactly what he said in Week 11. Yeah, and I thought they were really kind of onto that because I think his first pass, if you call, now correct me if I'm wrong, but it was a rollout to the right, a simple throw, got six Eased or eight yards there. or yes. something like that. And I thought we'd see more of that, but we really didn't. No. Now, they also didn't have the running game going the way they have it now Mm-mm. either, I don't, I don't think, at least not as consistently. I mean, this has really been something that the Lions can lean on. Mm-hmm. And this is, maybe this is just me, but I make a distinction between having a running back who just chews up yards on his own and having a running game. And I think the Detroit Lions are building a running game, and I think that's, that's important. Whoever they put in there with that offensive line they have, you know, they've got six, seven, eight guys in there now who can who they can cycle through there in different formations and different situations. I think that they're, they're really good, and I think, they're, I think they've built something that's going to be a foundational point for them for seasons to come. I agree. I agree. The run game, what Hank Franley has been able to do, and Deuce Staley, of course, they have the most similar names. Staley and Fraley. Like, what are we doing, guys? And they were NFL teammates and now both coaching the offensive line and running backs. You know, and, and Hank's got sort of something in common with some of these guys because he was an undrafted free agent who made the, made a roster. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's played the National Football League as, for 11 years as a starting a starting offensive lineman. I mean, it's you – know, look, he, know, he knows what it's like to be just a guy, and he knows what it's like to be a starter. That is – I think there's some value in that, Danny. I know. Really I, do. I agree. I, the staff Coach Campbell has assembled, no doubt, um, is a very, very large part in why they're able – to get wins over the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, shout out to the Arizona Cardinals for finally tweeting the final score. We could finally end that game. We can move on <laughs> to the Atlanta Falcons. But we needed y'all to tweet that final score, and you guys did it in a great way, too. I Thank think you. I'm missing something there, but I'll, there, there are things that go over my head. Anyway. I know. You're on social media, Mike, but you're not really. Uh, I mean, when the game ends, okay, there are score updates throughout the entire game. First yeah. quarter, halftime, third quarter. And when they the never game updated ends, the Lions score? Arizona never tweeted the final score of the game. Really? They didn't want they didn't want to. So they just didn't. And 
Twitter world was up in arms. So what is it? Um, four or five days later, they finally decided to tweet the final score. So they get stung twice, once on game day and then once four or five days later. So they got what they deserved. They've been getting stung the last four or five days, so they put themselves out of their misery. Well, I think also they've been getting getting really hit because of the way they played, too. And they came in here like they could just, they're going to walk out there, play 10 or 15 good minutes, catch an early flight home, and that's it. And that's, that's you know what, what they thought. Yeah, that's what they thought. And I think I think that's a reflection of their head coach, Cliff, Kling, mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a reflection of the way they played. Yeah, I mean, uh, this and uh, we we got a chance to watch Detroit Lions practice Friday. Uh, I don't know if we had been missing it. You know, we we only have a certain little window to watch practice, but the defensive side of the the ball were doing their up downs again yeah that's what they were doing in training camp when it looked like they were having a lot of fun yeah. where they were building camaraderie and trying to get to know each other better i like seeing that today yeah well, i agree with you you know look when you're around you cover a lot of teams i've been covering the lions an awful lot of ways and you can see teams that are like seven and three and they look like they're not having fun mm-hmm. and you can see t- and, and they're really not into it i've seen that before mm-hmm. and you can see teams that are like the detroit lions now with two wins and three games to go but they look like they're building something mm-hmm. and th- there's to me there seems to be an energy that's passed from the top to the bottom and that really if you're going to be successful in a national football league look this is a grind mm-hmm. there are guys out there right now are going to go when the practice is over they're going to sit down and go god i'm sore but they, you know, they're still into it, and I think that's a good thing that we've seen in this team. I really do. I think it's something, you know, it starts to me with the coaching staff. It starts with the general manager, you know, Brad Holmes, and I think that's it's something that's filtered down, down through this organization. Really, yeah. I think there's been a culture change throughout this entire building. I agree, and I don't think there's been a whole lot of just. I don't think there's been a whole lot of where this team felt that they were down. You know, it wasn't – you didn't see it on the players' faces. You didn't. You never saw it on Coach Campbell's face. No. Granted, is Coach Campbell going to come into our Tuesday interview every week and have a big old smile on his face? No, but he's very even-keeled, and he can bring it up a couple notches when he needs to and bring it down a couple notches when he needs to. I don't think there's any doubt that players like playing for him. You know? No doubt. Just, just, I, I like that uh, after the game uh, – against the Cardinals. We have that locker room celebration. Welcome, Welcome to, to Detroit. Detroit. Where did that come from? Oh, God, it was beautiful. I, you know, something like I said, it was something like I wish I'd have written, you know? I know. Not that I would find, you know, I don't know where I would put it in, but that's just something I thought, God, I wish I'd have thought of that. Welcome to Detroit. Welcome to Detroit. Arizona yeah. Cardinals. Okay. Now well, you know what it looks like. I know. Yeah. Now you, th- this is what it looks like. Um, so now, Lions are going to take on the Atlanta Falcons. Fun fact, the l- last touchdown of Dan Campbell's NFL career came against um, Chicago on Christmas Eve 15 years ago. That has nothing to do with Atlanta. That just has any, everything I, I, to do with I, Christmas I get Eve. that the Chicago-Atlanta connection is not there. I get Correct. that. I, I know all the states and bad the cities. Transition I really me. do. Yeah, no, my bad. But that's a fun fact. Are you taking me for a dumbbell? No. Thank you for the, thank you for the so geography don't. lesson. <laughs> You're welcome. Just fun fact, fam. Dan Campbell's last career touchdown 15 years ago, 2006. 15. Yeah, I covered that game, by the way. Well, yeah, you were working. Yeah, Dan were, Campbell they, was playing they, for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they were 3-13. and 13. I remember the only thing I remember about him that he was really, really tough. And oh, he yeah. Was, and he was big. Those shoulders, my God. I mean, did you see this picture? That was – I'm not even sure who's jumping on him, but that's that looks like a small man, a small teammate. <laughs> it was probably just some guy who was Campbell. probably – some little guy who was 6'4", 290, you know. You're, you're right, a large you know, man yeah. jumping on Dan Campbell, and he looks small doing it. Right, he looks like a loose thread on his coat. You know? Yeah, and 
it's probably it's probably a receiver running back. But uh, if you would like to see this picture, go on to Detroit Lions PR Twitter, and it's a it's a great throwback picture. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons. Which I have a throwback that's a lot less fun. Oh God, we will show the people that as well. Just stay tuned. I'm just be forewarned. I know. Please, yeah. Be three warned. Run, just run from <laughs> Michael Harris throwback picture. Okay, Atlanta. Let's tell the people what they're getting. They're gonna get quarterback Matt Ryan, who has been in this league for a minute. 14 years. 14. Yeah, he's missed one game, and, he, and they deliberately kept him out of that game to start somebody else. So they wow. thought they were building for the future. Yeah. I mean, this, this, he's as work? steady as they come. He really yes. is. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, let's dive into this offense. I will say that Atlanta, their highest ranking in uh, on offense is their passing offense, of course. You've it got should be. the veteran, Matt Ryan, there slinging it. Um, when you take a look at Detroit's passing offense, they are 25th in the league. So a little bit of discrepancy. However, the pass game for the Lions have been on the uptick. There is no doubt about it. Um, third down offense percentage. Actually, they're even ranked higher, Atlanta. They're 14th in the league in third down offensive per- percentage. 41% of the time they're converting on third down. That's a lot. The Lions are only converting on third down 33% of the time. Yeah, yeah, and the Lions know they need to stay on the the field. So they got to get that number up. Yeah, Dan Campbell was talking about play calling earlier this week, and he said it's a lot easier when you convert on third down. It opens up the entire menu. Yes, the entire thing. You can do whatever you want once you stay on the field and open it up. Um, Red zone efficiency, I mean, Atlanta and Detroit are pretty much the same converting just just around 50% of the time. So you're going to see two teams who aren't great in the red zone. They're actually not great at all. No. No, we're not going to see greatness itself no. this weekend, I don't think, unless it's individually or, or somebody comes up with a big game. But, look, but Arthur Smith, the head coach of the, of the Falcons, in one of his interviews uh, last, uh, since the since that loss last week, really bemoaned the fact that they were one for five on uh, in the red zone last week mm-hmm. and just got absolutely thrashed, yeah. just torn up. Crunch, crunch time oh, points. Yeah. Got to get those. Um, t- this is really int- this is this is more intriguing. There, this Detroit Lions offense is going to have a chance to poke some holes in this Atlanta Falcons defense. I mean, Atlanta is ranked thirty first in points per game, so they're allowing twenty seven points a game. Lions are uh, averaging about seventeen a game. So yes, they need to get that up. We saw that against the Arizona Cardinals, scoring about thirty. Um, red zone efficiency. Atlanta Falcons on defense, 31st in the league. They're allowing opponents to convert almost 70% of the time. Yeah. I can't believe I just read that stat. 70%. So there are there are a lot of holes that this offense can poke when uh, there's a good chance that Tim Boyle is going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect from Tim Boyle. I think, look, he's put a lot – and just asking him, he's put a lot of stock into having played that one game. He said, I've he learned something – Every single snap he played is in his head, all 48 of them, plus the one you know, last week just handing off the ball. Mm-hmm. And sure, I think experience gives you something. I don't know if playing one game is going to elevate him to any particular it's gotta level. It's got to help, though. But it, it's right. It, it really does because you, you really get a feel for the rhythm of the game and just little things that, you know, left hash, right hash, stuff like that, that if you, if you don't play, you don't experience that stuff. Because mm-hmm. look, all that little stuff, those little nuances of the game, they add up. They really do, Danny. And you've seen that. You know, it's, it's no big. Not, I'm not unlocking any mystery here. Nope. 
experience is a great teacher and, it's a, and, it, and it really is it's a great guide for you too wow yeah so we're gonna see uh it's looking like tim boyle would coach campbell confirm if it was flower boyle no but it's looking like it's going well to be what tim do you boyle. say it's 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 tim tim blau and that's what he said yeah. like really coach don't trip us up yeah, like he that. did that on purpose yeah um he did I, I caught it on the second time I re-listened to yeah. it. I did not catch it the first time. Oh, I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. I did not. But it was funny. He he mixes up names on purpose and then does not tell us who will go in and start. Um, I will tell you, though, that Lions Twitter wants to see David Blau, even though Tim Boyle has had a full game under his belt. It's very inter- It's a very interesting dynamic, Lions Twitter. Maybe I should bless myself before I say this, but I'd like to see Blau, too. I just think he has, Interesting. from what I've seen, the five starts he made two years ago, a he really has a feel for the game. He really does. Now, he was 0 for 5 as a starter. He had some big interceptions, but he also had some big plays, too. So if, if I were just – look, I think the Lions want to see more of, of Boyle because they might think – they think he might be, you know, their backup quarterback of the future. I don't think they have the same feeling for Blau. Obviously, the owner, he'd be playing. Yeah. But but I just think if I had one game to play and I had to choose between the two, and this is be, and this is because I've seen more of Blau than they have. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they I know more. I'm just saying I've no, seen. No, you them. have. Yeah, but, you but have. But I, I would it. I would take David Blau to, to play one game for me, choosing between the two of them. But maybe maybe Boyle has a brighter future. He's, he's bigger. He's more physical and all that. But I, I I like Blau. I just like what he brings. Yeah. I really do. Honestly, you say he's bigger. There might be a six inch height difference. Easily, yeah. I think oh, so. Yeah, easily, yeah. Um, which can and be... And his wife's an Olympic sprinter. Oh, you know? like, we know the Blau family is very, very athletic. Yeah. Um, okay, that kind of wraps it up here, giving you the ins and outs. Lions are trying to go into this game without their QB, number one. They won't have, possibly, their best lockdown corner. We can't call him shutdown, but can he lock it? He can lock it. We'll call him lockdown corner. Lockdown now. Not shutdown yet, because AG someday. will come for me. Yep, someday. Yes. So potentially without Amani Oruarie, um, we, we don't know if we'll have DeAndre Swift back. So there are some holes. Yeah, I'd be surprised if Swift is back, just only because we've been talking about this before and he hasn't, he hasn't been back. And he so until back. he is, he isn't. He's been dressed for practice. It looks, yeah. like, he's, like, it looks like he could practice right. the extent that he's practicing. Eh, probably, eh, eh. We'll see. Eh. We'll I'll see. give that an eh. Yeah, no. I'd like we, to see him play though. He's a terrific player. Oh my gosh! Dyn- I'm sure nothing. He's is, dynamic. Yeah. I'm sure nothing's eating at him more than seeing you know running backs kind of come up the ladder and and crush it. So, uh, DeAndre Swift, being a competitor that he is, I know, I'm sure wants to get in that game. Okay, Mike. The time it's the time that everyone's been waiting for. What is your bet, MGM pick? Don't my, disappoint me. My bet, MGM pick. You know, I live, I live to not disappoint I know. you. That's why Should I'm on this goal. planet. Look, I'm going to go back just to the opening day of 2008, and that was, that was Matt Ryan's first game, NFL player. And mm-hmm. the 2008 has a certain ring to it, doesn't it? The 0-16, it was a little, And I was only, what, 12? But it was, sounds traumatizing to me. Well, I was at least 13 then. Okay. And so the Matt Ryan was his first start, and he completed on a third pass he threw as a pro, 62-yard touchdown pass. Boom. He went 9 for 13 that game. In the, wow. They, they ran the ball for 300-plus yards. I was going to say, 9 for 13? What else oh, yeah. did they do? And they just absolutely thrashed the Detroit Lions. The Lions nice. went on to become 0-16, and the Falcons had a pretty good team. But I look at the, the 2021 team, and I see that the, I look at their stats and what they've done. I don't know how they're 6-8. and eight. 
They look worse than they the Lions. They are they are pulling out very very crunch time wins yeah. that the Lions have not been able to. Not not, it, not they're to mirroring that, yeah. each other in opposite ways. Yeah, but you know what? It's 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 a second present for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions 23-20. This might be the only time that you pick the Lions that I think the Lions might might help you out here, Mike. The only time. Wow, that's a, that is really a relief. It really is. Yeah, because or else you're going to have to listen to that's, me the next time, and I, I'm going to have to yell you. I feel the same. I feel now when you're saying that, like when I find out that the Christmas present fits. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. my gosh. Right? Okay. Thank all God. right. Yeah, Mike's got to get out of here. Uh, if you want to see all of Mike's content, go to DetroitLions.com. It is phenomenal content. I'm Danny Rogers. Thanks for tuning into the One Podcast. Stay tuned. You'll get to hear from offensive lineman Penny Sewell. He's going to – tell you some interesting things about this season and how he thinks he hasn't done much do you think he's done i think he's done a lot okay thank you mike so penne you'll hear it from from him himself that's coming up next on the one podcast show your lions pride by going authentic with gear from shop.detroitlions.com for a great selection of t-shirts hats jerseys and novelties with convenient flat rate shipping right to your doorstep Visit shop.detroitlions.com, your 24-7 home for Lions gear. Penny, the ups and downs of this season, there's been some, but you said you're still living the dream. Why do you say that? Um, I think mainly because of this locker room, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Uh, It's kind of similar to what I had at Oregon with the tight brotherhood that we kind of created there. And it just, it just makes it so much better to come in each and every day knowing that these are the guys next to me and these are the guys I'm doing it for. Mm-hmm. And then getting to know them too, like outside of this building, uh, whether it's game night, Bible study, whatever it is, just kind of knowing them and their backgrounds. And it's, that's the reason why, just because this locker room just is, makes it enjoyable to come in each and every day. I know one of the things that was really important to you is building the trust of your teammates, keeping your quarterback clean back there. Um, so how hard, what is the biggest challenge of earning trust as a rookie? Um, try to not to do too much, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I would sum it all up, it would just be those, those things. At times, I would try to want to do more mm-hmm. and try to, I guess, make a play even though I don't need to, and it would probably hurt the team even more. So just kind of finding my little gray area of what I can contribute to this team and then go from that. Like, Mm -hmm. just don't go out there trying to collect everything all at once. So just kind of uh, take care of what's on my plate for now and then keep building upon that as time goes. Mm -hmm. We can't really mention the Sewell last name without mentioning the family. The athletic brothers, the athletic sister, their dad, um, your mom, who's also supportive. They travel so incredibly well. So how much does the motivation of, of having your family influence you also calling this the dream that you're living right now? Oh, it's a lot. Uh, almost all of the motivation just comes from them, uh, especially when they come to home games mm-hmm. or whatever games that they can make it to. Just kind of seeing them in that stance, I feel them out there. And uh, it just creates that extra fire for me to go crazy for mom and dad just watching their son out there in the league and just performing at a high level. So, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's still Mm kind of crazy. Uh, Can't wait to see little bro and now big bro. He just declared uh, come and do his thing and just let 
mom and dad watch the show. Mm-hmm. You're not the oldest brother. You're actually third in line. Literally, so yeah. how much does it mean to you that you have little brother and your older brother is looking up to you as well? Uh, it's a little different mm-hmm. with the big bro uh, side of things because I still look up to him. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if he didn't know that or if, any, if anyone knew that. But uh, yeah, just kind of set an example for little bro and also just trying to pave the way for whoever's next. Mm-hmm. And in this case, is big bro. And, uh, yeah. The oldest bro, Gabe, will be here in Detroit um, helping out with the Nevada coaching staff who's playing in the Quick Lane Bowl. Uh, how special is it to have your brother now come here to your city while he's doing his thing in football? Oh, man, just to see uh, him kind of get into his own thing is just none but just proud and just kind of happiness towards his way. Just just because he was the first one to kind of go through the high school recruiting process and then after that the collegiate level and then even the process and so just watching him grow up and do all those things before me it just made my life so much easier and Mm -hmm. so to see him flourish and to see him doing what he's doing now man uh, it's just all love and I thank God that he's in the position that he can take care of his family and then go on from there. Mm -hmm. Not only are you playing well for a rookie week 14 you were graded the highest tackle in the league across all 32 teams. So um, at 21 years old, what have you accomplished that's so far sticking out the most to you? Um, to be honest, I don't feel like I've really done anything yet, to mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, appreciate whoever does all that system and give me that praise. But I feel like this year, mostly, especially out from sitting out from that last year, being opted out, it's just kind of getting my feet wet, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of going out there and still uh, dusting the rust off from, from all that time off. So uh, really, it's just more out there that I can do and more out there that I can go get. So, mm-hmm. Well, you've got a couple more games to go out there and get it. You guys can win three of your four last four games, and it can come against the Atlanta Falcons at their place, where they have not won yet this season. So what do these Lions need to hone in on to get a dub on the road? Uh, Just big energy. That's all that we can control at the end of the day. And uh, everything else will unfold the way it does. So we just got to go out there with the same mentality uh, each and every week and just go put on a show and just always have the energy and never be down, never be too down or too high. So. Mm Create a fun, unique, and unforgettable outing for a group of 10 or more at the next Lions home game. Visit DetroitLions.com backslash groups to purchase or contact us directly at 313-262-2222 to save on ticket prices, get priority locations, and receive a group giveaway item. Thanks so much for tuning into the One Podcast. I'm Danny Rogers. We'll see you back here next week. Merry Christmas!